0: This is She Buys It with Whitney Nasley. Hello, 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 hello! Welcome back to the She Buys It podcast. I am so excited for today's interview. I'm going to introduce you to my mentor, my mind sex mentor, and she and I have been together for three years, working through a lot of different growth strategies and growth pains. This is Delora. I'm going to say it wrong. How do you say say it? Mm, Guinea. Gignon. I have to get my French accent back from my five <laughs> years of class in high school that I have completely rednecked and forgotten by now. So this is Dolora, and she is an expert at mindset, but how it relates to sex, power, guilt, and shame, so that you can make more money and get laid more often. I mean, this woman is brilliant. So y'all are going to love this. We are going to dig into the real estate and I'm sure we will get around to how the real estate deals interact with sex. And let's be honest, ladies, we all love sex. We all love money and we all love real estate. So this is going to be an awesome interview. I'm so excited to do this and share this expertise with y'all. So Delora, do you have anything else that I need to Say to the ladies. Oh, I also want to say that Dolores in Canada, so she's got a t- different market, different laws, different taxes, but that she still lives in a house and they're still doing real estate deals in Canada. So this yeah. is definitely something that is worldwide. We're all living in houses. We're all dealing in real estate. I focus in the states, but you can do these deals anywhere. That's
1: so true. Very true.
0: Anything else I missed? Oh, Delora is a mom to four young people and they're not kids anymore. They're definitely young people. And Delora, we're going to get into has been through some things that I think 50% of women will go through. And that being some deals that didn't happen and some deals that could have happened differently some divorce situations and just some different things than I have been through, but she is an open book and happy to teach us what she's learned so that the rest of us don't have to go through it.
1: Absolutely.
0: So let's dig into that a little bit. One of my favorite stories that you've shared with me over the years was maybe when you were a young married lady and you had some ideas and some goals and some things that could have happened and you'd be in a totally different ballgame tax bracket all those things now, so share with us a little bit about what happened in the beginning of the marriage and how that worked out.
1: Absolutely, so I'm always the girl that's gonna jump off the cliff and then figure out how to land safely after I'm in the air. Um, this is why we're BFF. Yeah, <laughs> like,
0: exactly. Well, me too. It out. Yeah,
1: exactly, exactly.
0: It'll be fine, God'll take
1: care of it. It's all right, it's all right. Um, so back then I was, uh, I think I was 20, 20 years old and full of everything like I what do you mean I can just do it I can just marry a military guy I can just have a zillion babies while he travels all over no problem but I always 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 before we even had kids we moved into military housing and then we started to talk about we had our first baby uh, he had been overseas whatever and I we had talked about um, moving buying a house and I said, I would really like to buy a house, even before we were going to buy it for ourselves. I said, why don't we buy a house with an apartment and we can rent it out? And I said, we could live here maybe another six months, maybe another year. Yep. Hold on, time out. When was that? What was a
0: year on that? Oh, gosh. He, Victoria was born in 1999. So it was so, in the 90s. Yeah. So before the internet, for sure, yeah. before people are... Well, I mean, I guess there was people out there, gurus, pitching programs and teaching how to do stuff back in the nineties. But before it was like in your face every day, you need to buy houses, you need to do this, you need to do that and set up generational wealth. Like way before I was preaching that every day for sure. Oh, oh yeah. I hadn't even heard of it.
1: I think, I wonder if I didn't know someone that had done that or if it just, I don't even know how the idea came to me. Like it was just to me, why not? Why wouldn't we do it? We're living in someone else's. I mean, it was military housing, but we're living in the, someone else's home. Why, could, why couldn't we do it?
0: So today, that idea that you had today, we call that house hacking, where yeah. you buy a house and you rent it out and somebody else is basically making your mortgage payment for you. And you can do that on houses with an apartment, like you said, you can do that on a duplex, a triplex, quadplex. You can buy a 10 unit apartment complex and live in one rent-free for forever and manage it while you're there. I mean, that is awesome real estate experience. So today we call that house hacking, but in 1998, 1999, I don't know what they called that.
1: Yeah, (laughs) definitely ahead
0: of your curve though.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I'm not sure what they would have called it either. And to me, it was just, you know, another way to make money because at the time, uh, when I was having her, I was working in a Center? no I wasn't working in the call center yet so I think I was doing a bunch of jobs like I was I worked at a bar made really great money um, with my assets overnight um, <laughs> you know like serving people their booze and whatever and then I also for a time I worked in a restaurant in the day bar at night then I worked in a hotel um changing um, housekeeping in the day and bar at night and then I just burned out because I just couldn't keep up with that kind of lifestyle and it just so happened that I applied for a call center job and I so I I, it all kind of happened at the same time but I was like there's no way that I should be poor like I I didn't really have a concept of wealth though I'll be honest with you I lived in a um, my mom and stepdad were considered rich because my stepdad was a doctor my mom was a teacher That was rich to us, right? But it really wasn't. They had five kids, obviously. You're not rich with that kind of income. (laughs) And my dad was a fisherman, so he was his own entrepreneur. And it depended on the season, whether or not you were going to have a good season or not. So I didn't really have a concept of wealth, but I just knew that I'd like to spend money and I wanted to spend money when I wanted to. What do you mean I can't buy this? I don't have enough money. This doesn't make sense. And so I thought, well, that's another way of doing it. I'm going to live somewhere anyway. Why not? live somewhere where I can rent it out or buy it and then rent it out for a year and then move in, whatever. And as great as he was at just letting me run with my ideas, he wasn't cool with that. My ex was not cool with that at all. Because it it just was not something that he's his family had done. It was just not something that anybody knew anything about. And you know, there's there was tax taxes to worry about. Although he did go to accounting, but there was just things that we were trying to consider in all of this that we didn't have the experience to go through with. Um, and at the same time, one of his friends through work started talking to him about building a house. And so they wanted to build and. Um, my friend I I did end up building three doors down from where my friend lived but looking back on it now I wouldn't have done that I wouldn't have built at that time it was not I mean I made a lot of money when I sold it but I didn't have anything that could keep making money once you sold it and you invested in your next house which I did was obviously usually people buy bigger houses as you you know I I bought a bigger house. I sold and made money on that house. And then we moved to where uh, the city that I'm in now. So it would have been something that I would have kept even if I moved out of that town.
0: So my mom has always told me that you can only sell it once, which is exactly what you just said. You can sell it once and then you buy bigger, but then nothing else is coming in to make you any money. And exactly. the goal is if you're going to spend money every month, you need money coming in every month. You need somebody else making this mortgage payment for you. And, you know, we're talking ninety eight, ninety nine. that was 20 years ago now. So you could have an asset pretty well paid off bringing you a couple hundred thousand dollars every month now to offset you yeah. and what you got going on and what you're doing. So I think a lot of women, especially when you're in your 20s, we've all kind of fallen into that, okay, get married, buy a house, have babies, move up that ladder, but you already had that idea that there's another way out here. Yeah. You just didn't have the full support of your person. Now, you said that your parents were a teacher, a doctor, and an entrepreneur. What did your ex's parents, What were they like? Uh, Were they risk takers? One was a banker. A banker, very risk adverse.
1: Very risk adverse. And his
0: mom worked
1: in a nursing home.
0: Okay, so my husband's parents were both teachers very risk adverse they're used to getting this much money living on this much money but now both of them had parents who were real estate investors grandparents who were real estate investors so they were this beautiful hybrid situation of where they're used to getting a certain amount of money but they're also used to getting a little bit of mailbox money and splitting that with their siblings and their cousins and everybody else and so whereas Jason grew up very risk adverse. And his parents weren't real estate investors. Their parents were, his grandparents were on both sides, but it just skipped his parents and him. And I think that has a lot to do with it, especially when you're young and you're newly married and you're just trying to figure out how to eat and how to figure out how to pay the car and do all those things that sometimes real estate investing is just not a priority.
1: Right. Well, I also think that You know, especially back when I was growing up, I mean, as fantastic as my parents were or tried, you know, tried to be and give me a sense of savings. The big thing that they were passing down as messages now, I know this now because I coach on it, but was safety, security, savings. But if you're going to buy a house that you're not going to live in, that's not safe to them so to speak. Right. But it's not about that. In fact, I would have been a lot safer because if I bought that first starter home with an apartment, even if I didn't live there and say, I did decide to sell it because the market was really good for sales back then. Say I did decide to sell it, but then I bought like a sixplex, like an apartment building. Like it would have, I know that it would, I would have kept going with it. It wouldn't have been just a one-off thing. The other thing is that my ex wasn't very handy. So he was worried about, you know, who's going to fix things and I hated painting I always ended up starting something and making him finish so he hated that idea but there's like you know like in hindsight there's people that do that there's people that do it as a a paid hobby so they're not they're not going to charge you the arms and legs you still go through inspections like you can take care and and you know safety it for yourself. This is not as risky as what most people who don't have this passed down to us are led to believe.
0: So I had it passed down to me. My mom was a real estate investor before she married my dad. My dad used to buy and flip cars. He'd buy and flip motorhomes. And then they started buying, flipping But renting houses, I can remember being in elementary school, being in middle school, being in high school and going to auctions and just buying a house on a Saturday because that's how... My parents did things, so I've always been a risk taker. I never thought it was weird to go buy a house and then never live in it, never even go see it again. I always grew up with money coming in the mailbox every month. I didn't realize bills came in the mailbox. I I was in my 20s and I didn't have any mailbox money. I had bills in the mailbox. I was like, wait a minute, mom. I thought money came in the mailbox, not bills. And she was like, well, you gotta go buy something silly. And I was like, wait a second, I think we missed a step. Like thank you for training me that money comes in the mailbox, but you didn't train me on how to get my own money to come in the mailbox. You just showed me that you had money coming in the mailbox.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's so funny. My, my, you mentioned my kids. So I have twins right now that are 18. My oldest is 19. She's out on her own, but my twins are here. And the thing that I'm impressing upon them is while you're not paying rent, because they're living with me, I would like them to save a certain amount so that they can start the ball rolling there. I want them to be able to consider, and they're scared of it because it wasn't something that I did, so they don't have examples of it, but I want them to buy a real estate Property that's gonna either they the same thing as what I was gonna do, and I'm so I'm trying to fill them up with all the information I can now. They're a little resistant at 18, um, but I've shown them how they can do it and still have money to spend and whatever. And now is the time to do it because they live with me, it's fine, you know.
0: And so, my brother and I, when we started, we just partnered up together, we were living at mom's house, and we bought two rental houses, and from there we've kind of divided and conquered where now he runs my mom's trucking company and he runs that kind of stuff, which I still get money from every single month. That's where my health insurance is. It's with my mom's dump truck company. And I go and do a couple different things every month so that I'm contributing, but I focus on our houses. So he is, doing the stuff that feeds us right now. I've built our portfolio up to where we have 16 houses that's going to feed us later. Right. Yeah. And I've got our portfolio in a situation where I'm trying to leverage it to jump us up into apartments to where we have 50 doors so that we can see our later sooner. Yeah. Right. So I love, some people will say don't partner with your family, but you're teaching your girls and Anthony, you're teaching your son too that it's okay to take some risk and it's okay to take some advancements. And it's okay while you're rent-free, debt-free, and just kicking it to take some responsibility that maybe everybody else isn't. And I think that's huge because We come from different parenting styles, but people talk about breaking generational curses. You're in a perfect position to break this. I don't want to say you're cursed or anything, but break this expectation and push a different expectation to your kids to where they realize they can be entrepreneurs or they can be real estate investors and they don't have to wait until they're 50 to get started.
1: Absolutely. In fact, I would say to anybody that's listening, if you like start yesterday, like don't there is no good time to start and there's no especially I mean you know you said was there internet I don't know if I internet could have been out then but like if I had had a Whitney back then really somebody that could show me how to do it who had taken the risk before me who would have just said no take the plunge because I was ready to jump off the cliff but I was having someone say no don't do it don't do it don't do it even though that was my intuition to do it, like I knew in my gut that was the right step. And I still talk about it because it was something that, you know, I didn't do. I don't have regrets. There was a reason why I didn't do it and I had to learn the way I did. But, you know, now you lay it out for people to do it. And the other thing is that if you're going to do it, you want to have someone guiding you that has already taken the risk, why not? that's where it, it, it like it, it's going to make help you make more money it's going to cut down your risk and you're going to be surrounded well especially in your case with the group of people that are doing it all around you so it's not going to be formed when you have people around you they're going to say don't do it you're crazy that's wild don't do it ah scary there's a community built already for that so I just think it's like a no-brainer these days
0: The best thing that I had when I got started was my mom's voice in my head saying, do it, you'll figure it out, do it, go for it. You can do this, go girl, you got it. Because I had my boyfriend, my husband now, with that other voice saying, don't do it. It's too risky. It's scary. You don't know what's going to happen, but thank the Lord. I had my mom's voice a lot stronger in my head. And I recognize that a lot of women don't have their mom's voice saying, yeah, girl, you got it. Go for it. Do it to it, baby. And so I feel like I am so blessed to be that voice in a lot of women's heads now that says, oh, you can do it. Go ahead. Go ahead. You can do this. You can do this. And a lot of times They tell me, especially Sherry is one of the first ladies that started in First Little and Fast way before it was First Little and Fast. And she said that she could just hear me. She could hear my voice saying, do it, you'll be fine. Do it, you'll be fine. Just take it, take that plunge, take that leap. You'll be fine. We'll figure it out later. And that is so important. And you're right, now we've got 200 women strong saying, do it girl, you'll be fine. Exactly,
1: exactly. And that's where you can go in and check those doubts and you can leave them at the door. Because without it, anytime you want to make a change or something that's drastically different, I mean, that's the mindset thing. You're not going to be able to do it if
0: your patterns are ruling the day. And it doesn't even take very long. It's a change, though. And it's a lifestyle change. because. Just like your twins, they're looking at, okay, I'm 18, I I've got a little job, I'm in school, I'm doing this little thing, and I could either go do this or I could stay home and save this so that next year I could buy that. And it's really hard to make that lifestyle change when everybody else around you is doing all the fun, great, wonderful stuff, but you're trying to set goals and you're trying to change your lifestyle. And it's super important that you have other people around you who are also on that path so you can say, okay, I'm not alone.
1: Right. Exactly. And the other thing is is that, you know, as great as um, their relationship is, their dad's not going to say the same thing as I am, right? So they're still going to have the two voices. So that's why I'm trying to, you know, read this, listen to this, hear about this, think about this, like, just go for it. And you can still find ways to, you know, buy all the clothes you want, or the ones into makeup, buy the makeup you want, plan for a trip that you want. But you can also, while you're on that trip, and not getting paid in your job, you can get a paycheck because rent came in, you know? So it's so important because that's not necessarily, it isn't 100% the messages I heard when I was growing up at all. It was buy a house, that's your, that's gonna be your, you know, build the equity in the house, that's your safety. Nah, it's not.
0: It's not like that anymore. No, it's not. I think you've done an awesome job more than you realize because I remember Years ago, you would have somebody in the front seat taking notes or sending messages or doing things for you as it was coming to you. And you've been teaching them for years. It's not something new. It's for years. You've been teaching them how to stand on their own and be a strong independent that be a strong independent woman that don't need no man unless she wants one (laughs) and you can run your own show and you can have your own money coming in and you can have a man and you can not have a man and you can even have a man, but still live your own life. Yes.
1: It's so important. That's so important. And even, you know, like, uh, you know, for anybody that has sons, the same thing, you don't have to take care of no woman. You know, you want a woman that takes care of her damn self and then you can build something if you choose to or not. So, you know, it's it's so important to not pass down that you have, you know, life only starts after you're married. Mm, I got news for you, honey. Like, it kind of slows down, actually. (laughs) Not the married part. When you start having kids, it slows down. Like, you don't have time.
0: (laughs) I know when we got married, it's taken us, we've been married almost four years, and it's almost taken us four years to figure out how to talk to each other. So, it does (laughs) slow down a little bit because... It's just different. And we've been living together for three weeks in the last month and we don't live together all the time, but I mean, God bless anybody that lives with their spouse (laughs) because that is one of the most difficult things that I've ever done. Yeah. It's a tough
1: thing because we, but you just like pointed out something really, um, critical. Like we both have different communication styles. We both have money patterns, programs, like, you know, even just the way money's talked about how groceries are bought and when do you buy food and how is savings done and where do you live and how much of your percentage goes into what? Like, it's just so different. So if you mash those two together, there's bound to be things that go wrong. And my money story was I wasn't good with money. I was always told that your sister's the one that's good with money. You're not good with money. What it really was is I wasn't good at saving money. I like to spend my money, but I wasn't like, in trouble i just bought things that i liked and i always i always made more because i worked so you know at the age of 13 i had a job so it was i got the money coming in like no big deal i but there was this i was the black sheep there was this idea that i was going to be okay money wise but the message that you're not good with money was why when i got married i deferred to my husband and i let him take control of the finances we had fights about it he didn't always agree with what i wanted to do And, but it wasn't true. I, I, you know, I ended up getting a job in corporate that I managed $14 million and I managed it the best of anyone in there because I was like, Nope, this is how you budget this. And we're going to cut this contract and we're going to, you know, whatever. I always came in on target within like, I think it was like 2%, which is a small target. Right. And I was good with money. So as soon as I started to catch and understand what a money program pattern was and change that, I was like, I should have had that real estate, you know?
0: Well, tell me a little bit more about that because money is in everything. And a lot of women will say, well, I don't have enough money to get started in real estate. And I'm like, whoa, time out! limiting belief situation right here. Let's break that one. Let's break this pattern first because yeah. you don't, the way I do real estate, you don't need any money to get started. I bought my first house, well, once I figured out how real estate really worked, I bought my first house with ten dollars and I made fifteen thousand. I took that fifteen thousand, I bought another house for ten, I made twenty six thousand. So I'm stacked up thirty six thousand deep in two months.
1: Exactly. That's exactly it. And that is never what you hear over the dinner table. No. Dinner. That's not you what you got
0: to go do this and that. You got to prove this and you got to submit. And real estate, regular real estate, is super stressful. The way I do it, I got a text yesterday that said, How quick can we close if we like this house? And I said, Two or three days. And they're like, Oh my gosh, two or three days? That's it. Because we've complicated real estate to where it's not fun, it's not sexy, it's yeah. stressful, it's anxiety, it causes more divorces than I think people let it on to because it's big money, right? Yeah. But if you Break it down, and it's not big money anymore. It's ten dollars. Well, we're all going to blow that at lunch today, right? Nobody's worried about ten dollars right. coming back where well, right. you could fifteen thousand dollars. I mean, that's a huge return on investment. And I bet everybody listening would be willing to place that. Exactly, five bucks. You're going to give me fifteen thousand in eight weeks. Do it to it, baby. Let's go.
1: Exactly. Well, and I think that's really you know the beauty of the way you do things, right? You're not saying to people you need to have a big chunk in order to invest in real estate in fact if you have a big chunk one of the tools you offer them is private money profits right so there's other ways to make money if you do want to go into it with a big chunk of money that is better than just sinking it into one house probably so there's you know there's different so many ways to slice this pie and what I love is that you offer it to people in a way that you know I I couldn't have dreamt that any any of that was possible.
0: But it's because we're fighting this huge monster out in society that says it takes money to make money. Yeah, That's a limiting belief too. And we've both been to Tony Robbins, we went last July to Tony Robbins, talked about limiting beliefs, had amazing breakthroughs in both of our lives after that. And I'm a huge Tony fan because he just brings things to the surface that you didn't realize you've been fighting.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And there's the, um, there's the law of resistance. So what happens is that we go for, go, like an opportunity will come to us, right? So let's say for example, an opportunity to um, buy land or house comes to us and we're like oh but we don't have the money because we're thinking about it in the traditional way that we're thinking about it but if you have the desire for something you have the way to do it already around you you just might not recognize it and that is where we're not trained to see that way we're just trained to see the negative The i can't do this i'm not going to but i'll tell you when you reframe that like say for example um they always use this with mothers but say for example that your kid was pinned under the car you would find a way to get the damn car off the kid that's where women come into superhuman strength because if you have a desire strong enough the solution is there you can't have a desire that's not meant for you you can't that's why we're so different and that's why like even if you talk to your spouse he'll think it's crazy because he doesn't have that same desire you do but if you have that desire the solution and the way to do it is here you just might not recognize it right away. So if you start to say, oh, well, okay, if I believe it's possible, where's the solution? How can I do this?
0: And one thing is, I think a lot of people, when they say, I don't have the money, that's just some sort of programming to keep you small and safe. Yes. To Uh keep you in the same comfortable position that your family's been in, and they've been in, and they've been in, and I missed that lesson and growing up apparently, because my parents always took me to auctions. So actually the first piece of property that I ever bought where I realized I could really be a real estate investor because even though I wasn't taught that, I still caught that from society that said, you need more money. And I had a job where I was making $500 a week, two grand a month. I'm never gonna be able to buy anything. I'm never gonna be able to move out of my mom's house at that point, right? Yeah. But I ended up at an auction on a Saturday where land was selling for $500 or $1,000. And I was flipping trucks. I was flipping furniture on Craigslist. I was already going to auctions and doing other things to make extra money because I wasn't making enough, right? And that's, a lot of people feel that. I'm not making enough, I'm not making enough, I'm not making enough. But I was actually taking action to where I was gonna be making more, right? So I ended up at an auction where they were selling land for what I was buying couches for. So I just bought it. And then it was, oh my gosh, I can do this. Yeah. And then it just grew and grew and grew and grew from there. But a lot of women aren't gonna take that first $500 investment or $1,000 investment because they're so busy telling themselves they can't afford it. You can afford $500 and $1,000 to buy land and go through the process and see that maybe you are a risk taker.
1: Absolutely. And it's not even like what I also think is so, um, it's a risk because you've been taught that it's a risk.
0: It's not really a risk, it's It's fine.
1: no my ex-husband who used to go overseas was taking risks you know these
0: things are not risks exactly we just feel like it is because of what you talk about all the time we are so guarded about sex and money that it feels like a risk to invest money to have money out there that we don't know what the return is going to be but i bought land i've bought houses for twenty five hundred dollars I've spent more than that on purses before that yeah. purse investment was more of a risk than my land investment. So true. That's exactly it. Absolutely.
1: And the other thing is if people are wondering like, you know, how am I going to do this? Where am I going to get the money? You're probably going to find the money for the TV that you want. Oh, for sure. hundred percent. Yeah. And like, you, there's so many ways that people spend money that, because it's slowly spent or it's on things they really need then they they convince themselves they don't have money but the truth is if you look back on the past year and you calculate all of the expenses man you had lots of money and you don't even need that much money to get started anyway that's you know that's kind of like the point which i think is so brilliant and why waste the time we don't have the time oh You know, like it's, it's, it's now, you know, don't regret that you've waited until now, you know, but I don't regret that I didn't do it when I was 1999 would have been nice, but okay. I didn't. So now what can I do? You know, you said earlier though, you made money, you built a house, you Uh, sold it, you made money. Yeah, always. And and that that also goes to show there was always something guiding me you know, like I always knew where to buy the house, where to build the house, how to stage it to make money. Like there was always something. I've never lost money on a house. The last house I sold, you know, you know that situation. Um, I
0: sold it twice actually, because the first sale fell through. And, um, so tell us about that a little bit, because a lot of ladies are gonna end up in this situation. So it's yeah. a fairy tale marriage, four kids, white picket fence, everybody's awesome, you've got a government job, he's got the military job, everything's amazing, until one day it's not so amazing and now we gotta sell the homestead.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So it, it was exactly that. We were together for 20 years, um, you know, I thought we would be married forever still have a lot of respect you know great guy it was just that i started to see that i was not living the life that i wanted to see and as i moved towards what i wanted we just got further and further apart and he didn't like change he didn't want to change not a bad thing it's fine and so he stayed exactly the way things were and when i um left when I or well, I didn't actually physically leave, but when I wanted out of the marriage, then we had to face the fact that we've been living so intertwined together that we had to, you know, unravel that. I lived there for a year and then it got to the point where we knew that we had to sell the house. But we had not, like I said, it wasn't handy. So the the maintenance, the ongoing repairs and maintenance of a house had not really been done to keep it tip top shape. And we lived in a really big house in a really fantastic neighborhood like really like if people hear about where I live they're like what you live there but we lived on the first street of that subdivision that built in behind so it was all beautiful big huge houses but we lived in the older oldest part and so I knew location wise we were gonna sell it lickety split and a few years before I had redone the kitchen because we had lived without an oven for seven years and I was like over I'm getting my kitchen renovated this is enough so the house had a fantastic kitchen one of the most expensive parts to renovate so i was like okay we're, this is going to be okay but i wasn't going to be able to get the money that i needed to get if i had put if i had had ten thousand dollars to put into um, bringing it up to you know fancy state i would have made a lot more money <clears throat> we didn't that's fine uh, or let's just say we chose not to do that So, so again, it was not just my decision, right? And that's, you know, some of the things that we don't necessarily have as discussions, because you don't want to think about, oh, if I get divorced, what about this? And what about that? It it could happen, or, you know, other things could have come in the way. We decided that we were going to sell it. He insisted we use a realtor. I knew that I could sell it privately, not because... I loved the realtor we had. I've recommended her to about 10 people. I will recommend her to 150 people. Like she's amazing, wonderful, beautiful, no doubt about it. She came in to see the place and was like, oh boy, like you're not gonna get the price that you should be able to get. And I said, I knew that, that's okay, but I was still gonna make money. It just wasn't gonna be what it was gonna be. And their fee is, you know, I think it was 7%, right? so um in the meantime i was still trying to find before i agreed to sign with her i was still trying to find private buyers and i had someone come in and give us a quote for the work so i knew how much work had to be done if i was going to put money into it to sell it and he's like well wait a minute before that why not um i buy houses so i'll talk to my partner and instead of doing the work we'll buy it you can stay here for six months a year until you find a place. Cause that's the other thing. There's a big boom where I live. So finding a place for me was going to be tougher because I wanted to live near the you know, um, high school and arena. Cause my son's always at hockey. Right. And so it was, it was just going to relieve the stress on my shoulders. And he's like, you won't have to put the work in. We'll do it. If you, if there's something you absolutely need, which we didn't, we'll put it in and otherwise we'll just do it when you move out would have been win-win i wouldn't have to pay the real estate real estate fee whatever my ex that's not safe i can't do it again he was raised being very safe whatever and also they couldn't get there on time in order to have um an answer before i listed it and i said i just need two more weeks they just need more time like because his partner wasn't always around whatever didn't go for it then we listed it with the realtor and I knew it was gonna sell fast because it was priced well and it was staged well for what it was and I didn't hide anything. I let all the, where the hardwood was worn out, it showed that in the pictures. I was very honest about what was gonna happen on the house and it was priced so. The first um, weekend, I think we had 10, seven showings, five offers, the, the offer that we took was full price, no inspection, whatever, it fell through. He, it was conditional on financing and the guy lied about his financing. So he didn't get it through and he didn't get it through. You know, ha- you have, a, I think it was like 48 hours or something like this, 72 hours. It was at the very last hour I found out that it fell through. Fine. I knew that it was still going to sell. I wasn't discouraged. So we put it back on the market and the next weekend we had another seven viewings. And I think we had four offers. And the offer I took was a little bit lower but it was the same kind of conditions I had the timeline I wanted whatever fine done so we ended up selling it and we got you know we got money out of it it wasn't as much as that I could have got but the whole thing was there was always intuition there was always a gut feeling there was always something I knew and I probably should have sold it a year before when we originally separated and I didn't because I talked myself out of it. I was scared of taking the plunge out of my own because he was the one that managed the money, you know, whatever. Same thing. Don't be scared. Get the facts, go talk to people. Cause there was, there was all kinds of information that I found out after the fact that could have helped me with all of those things. If I had only known, and I'm pretty switched on.
0: But the thing is you were going through a life situation. Yeah. You're going through a life situation. Sometimes you've got your blinders on and you're just so focused on this situation that even though all the answers are out there and floating around, you just can't see that because you're so into what you've got going on. And, that happens to all of us. It doesn't matter if you're going through a divorce, which is a life situation. It doesn't matter if you're going through a new job, which is a life situation. It doesn't matter if you're getting engaged. It doesn't matter if you're changing up your health insurance. It's something that you're focused on and you just don't see all the other options or you're so overwhelmed that yeah. those options are just, is too much. So we just shut shut down a little bit and just focus on what we can focus on. And Absolutely. there's nothing wrong with that. It's gonna to happen to all of us. And you coming out the other side of that, you see all the other things now, but at the time it just wasn't necessary, you know? And it's it's a safety thing for sure. It's a comfort thing and it's, a, it's an end to one life. And selling that house meant that it's really over. And a lot of ladies that I talked to, they end up with rental houses and they don't want to sell the rental house because it makes money, but they also don't want to sell the rental house because it means that life is really over and it good, bad, or ugly. It means it's really over. Yeah. A lot of women just don't want to face that either.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And there's so much that goes into the whole move. I mean, my God, we had lived there for 12 years. I think it was like, that was horrendous. But it also meant that I got to purge, you know, like I never purged before. <laughs> like we got really, because um, the basement was, you know, where my son shot hockey sticks and, or the freezer was there. But then all around it was all the storage, that storage, that really was nothing we were keeping, you know, it it, it just needed to go. So there's, there's always a way through it. That's one thing. And there's always um, opportunities that you just even if you just take a minute and say okay how else can i do this who can i speak to what resources are out there we're blessed to live in two different countries that really do offer a lot of information i mean just google it if you don't if you don't have it you know like i,
0: I think what you alluded to in that storage though down in the basement that yeah. you didn't really need a lot of women are carrying a lot of mental storage yeah around that they don't really need and you talk about purging that stuff out i know when you were going through that that you were also purging through some mental stuff too and
1: 100
0: yes it was lovely but it takes a strong woman to actually go through that and say okay i don't need this anymore this isn't supporting me this isn't loving me anymore and i don't need that to be supported and loved anymore absolutely well and i think it's so um you know now i can say it
1: I, and it, it, it's ironic because I help people through this in my business, right? Um, but you can't see what you can't see. Your mind is not designed to let you see. That's why we have coaches. That's why we need friends. That's why we need Whitney's that, that help us see how to sell and buy houses.
0: Well, you've made me look at my stuff a lot more <laughs> than I've made you look at your stuff.
1: <laughs> no, but it's true. Like, you you, you can't see your own blind spots. That's why the way your brain is designed. Because if you saw it, it would make you collapse in a corner, really. So you need someone else just reflecting it back to you in a way that makes you feel safe. And then you're like, oh, okay, great. But having gone through it, man, there is nothing. There is absolutely nothing that you can't tackle, that you can't take on, that you can't handle, that there isn't an answer to. That even if it is really bad, there is a a lesson in that really bad that's gonna lead you to the next opportunity. And if you don't get that lesson, Because the, the reason the lesson is so hard and so loud right there is because the 25 other times that lesson came around, you ignored it. So now it's like flashing lights. Okay. You're going to listen now. And then you can lead to your opportunity because you took the lesson, you learned it. And that's exactly what it was for me.
0: And a lot of times it's that you got to heal through it. I've had the same lesson. It just keeps getting either more expensive or more (laughs) obvious, but it's the same thing. (laughs) And I think, you know, you can look at mental storage that you're carrying around. You can look at stuff in the basement that you've been hanging on to for no reason. But a lot of women do the same thing with their finances and they believe that they can't afford something because they refuse to actually look at it. You said it earlier. You, if you stack up everything you spent in the last year on fluffy stuff, you could have had enough money to buy a house. You could have had enough money to do lots of different things, but you chose to do little bitty things. And looking at your money is tough. And looking at your finances and making a strategic plan for how to grow real wealth or invest bigger or leverage more or trim out some fat, some places it's tough. I know. And it takes a strong woman to do that. But luckily I've surrounded myself with strong women like you who will force me to look at my stuff and say, all right, if we're actually going to make this move, we're going to have to do this, that, and the other to get it together. Absolutely.
1: And once you tear everything back, and once you just go through the tough times, you're going to see it's the, the steps to take the first few steps is harder than all the rest you know, it's like surrender, you know, that's exactly what I ended up having to do is surrender. And I can remember being on all fours one one day, luckily my kids weren't home, <laughs> and my dog was there, and I just broke down. And it was a moment of pure surrender to God, and I was on all fours. I was crying so hard that I I've never experience crying that hard again. It was like a full soul cry and the floor was all wet in front of me. I couldn't like it was like <gasps> like huge crying. And I just said and it wasn't just about the house. It was just about everything. If you so and what I said was God if you if I'm meant to be doing this, if I'm meant to be here in this way, come through now or show me show me the way out because I can't keep doing this. I can't let my kids down. I can't keep fighting the same old fights. I need help. And my dog was so smart. He didn't come too close because he knew I just needed that space, but he laid where he could see me. And like being able to see him there, I was like, oh. you know, that's my, that's my angel looking over me. Anyways, I, I swear the minute that I surrendered two days later, everything that I had been worried about started to like bing, 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 work out. And I don't think you have to um, get to that point. By all means, don't get to that point, you know, like reach out, ask for help, um, talk about it and keep saying to yourself, what is the way I can do this? What is the solution? How can I figure this out? Instead of saying, I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, because I can't automatically shuts it down.
0: Well, I think women are problem solvers and we take a lot on. And I think, I know for myself, I have to get to that breaking point because I just keep taking on so much and I can do this and I can do this and I'll figure it out and I'll do this. But at some point it just all crumbles and sometimes you need that moment of crying in the kitchen floor and realizing that you can't do this on your own I had that moment the end of June this year I've had that moment a couple different times but Mm -hmm. I had that actual like soul shattering I can't do this without some help I am I am sunk here unless something switches and it was it was the same thing it wasn't within two days but a month after I had that it was like I was living in a totally different world but I had to break yeah God broke me had to break. I ate some huge humble pie at the <laughs> this year. Exactly. And on the surface though, it all looks good. Exactly. Well, and I think, you
1: know, that's the other side of the, the law of resistance. So when you, when you welcome something in of a higher nature, you have to let go of something of a lower nature. If not, you don't have room. It's a, it, you know, it's a, it's the it's the way of the universe. It's the law. But what so many of us do is that we try to welcome in the bigger, the higher, and we don't let go of the lower stuff. So of course we need to break. What What do you
0: not? You're not a camel. And even camels have their limits of what they can carry on their back. You know, that's why we have cars is because horses and camels couldn't carry all our crap around. <laughs> but, but it's so true. I don't know which law it is, but if you take an empty box, it won't take long before you fill that up. But if you can clear it out, you can purge it out, then more will come in. And I feel like that with my bank account these days. It's kind of funny that I can look at it like that now, but I used to panic when my bank accounts would get low, but it's like an empty box. When the bank accounts will get low, that's just when we're going to refill it. Yeah. And yeah, I want them to be high and maxed out all the time, but I got to spend some money. My houses need to be kept up. My... Myself, I need to be kept up. My businesses need to be kept up. I've got people that I need to pay, that I need to grow, that I got things I needed to do. So, spending money isn't bad. Money loves movement, money loves assignments, and money loves to be loved. And when you appreciate it and you can say, Okay, great, I've got $3,000. That is amazing. And that means I've got $3,000 that I can spend on this, that, and the other. Perfect, awesome, and then you turn around and you've made 10 or $15,000, great, thank you. Now I've got 10 or 15,000 that I can spend on this, that, or the other. Like, given an assignment, write out what you're gonna use it for and appreciate it when it comes. Don't say, oh no, I don't have enough. Well, then you're never gonna have enough. And honestly, none of us ever have enough. I'm pretty sure even the big guys, you know, Bill Gates is on a mission to, like, cure different health diseases. He doesn't have enough money to cure different health. It's just that you're on a different level. You want to do different things.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Nobody ever has enough money, but if you yeah. appreciate what you have and what you're working with, you get more creative. I'll, I'll say when I got into real estate investing, I went broke trying to get rich Yeah. because I thought I needed money. The best thing that ever happened to me I, I was down to my last $75 and I got creative and I learned about creative financing. And from there, I spun it into 140 grand the next year. Exactly. That is 14 houses. Exactly. And that is the
1: you, so you let go of this idea of a lower nature that you had to have money in order to invest in real estate and the opportunity to do it in another way showed up. It was probably there before you just didn't know it because you were determined to have money, to spend money, to buy real estate.
0: Creative financing has been around longer than mortgages have been around. Oh, there you go. financing has literally been around since Jesus was here, (laughs) y'all. That's exactly it. And if Jesus could do it, why couldn't we? I mean, regular real estate with mortgages and brokers and agents, it's only 100 years old. It's not even 100 years old. It started during the Depression. Mm. It's the baby on the block, but it's a brainwash <laughs> yeah. to where we think that's the way it's supposed to be done. It's not y'all. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, and it's kind of taken over, right? It's, but I think I, in Canada, anyway, I see things switching. I see it in a different way that there's people buying up houses and then rent to own or, you know, finance, owner financing is all is happening around us. It's just not as big as mortgages
0: still. It, I don't think it ever will be as big. Right. Even during their last recession, people were buying up houses and doing all sorts of great and amazing things. People made a ton of money yeah, doing creative financing, but everything on the news was foreclosures and the economy and it's tanking and blah, 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 blah. It'll happen the next time too.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I think it's actually closer than we think. But if you're open to seeing how that can be an opportunity instead of the doom and gloom,
0: I tell my girls all the time that if they can get these deals done right now, because this is a tough market to do creative financing. But when we go through the next recession, oh gosh, it'll yes. be, I mean, my girls will be so swamped. They won't be able to you know, turn around every day without buying a house. Exactly. Because they've learned in what's a good market, but it's a tough for investors. And then when it switches to a bad regular market, it's going to be amazing for investors. And they've already figured out how to do it without money.
1: Exactly. Without banks, without credit. Exactly. That's exactly the thing to do. If you can do it at its hardest time, you can do it when it's easy. That's
0: right. Laura, this has been amazing. Do you have any advice for any ladies who are thinking about getting started or they're on a similar path that you were or are on? What would you tell those ladies?
1: Do it. Like run, run, all the way into it and do it with Whitney. Like, I, I, I'm i not just saying that because we know each other and whatever, like I never ever, I've never been asked to promote your staff, I've never, I don't get any kickbacks from it, nor would I take any. I just genuinely know what you offer. I know that you care, I know that you've been there, you've done it, you support. The women in the group support each other. Like, I just think it's a, this is one of those things that it's no brainer, like do it with Whitney. If I had had a Whitney back then, oh gosh, right? But I have a Whitney now, so it's great. This is fantastic. Yay! You got me now. It's all good. Exactly. So definitely do it. Don't wait. And there's nothing that you can't figure out. And if you, the thing is, is that the Oprah said this, and I think it's so important. She said when she was, um, I think it was when she was 13 or 15, when she was going in for um she was going to be put in a home or something. I don't remember. She's like, Jesus, just give me another chance. I know this is not meant for me. Delinquent home or something like that. And Jesus did. And she, you know, God did. And she ended up taking another step. But she said, in that moment, if he had shown me what I'm doing now, buying a network, starting my own network, she didn't buy one, she started her own network. She said, I wouldn't have believed it. So God is never going to show you. He's going to give you glimpses of what's possible. And that's why I had the intuition. Like buying that house with the apartment was my was God saying, you can do it. And but he's never going to show you the full thing because your brain will not accept it. It will not believe. Oprah wouldn't have been able to believe that she was going to own a network, but she did believe that she was it was possible for her to do bigger things. And that's the same thing for us, right? Like we just, if you take one step, the next step will light up. If you take another step, the next step is going to light up. You don't have to know the whole path, go for it, take the step. And if you work with Whitney, you're going to know the whole path anyway.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And don't forget there's thousands of ways to make money in real estate. And I'm here to support you in whichever way that you decide to go forth and make your money. And I think it's huge to also have that tribe of women that are they're learning, they're showing you the good, bad and ugly that they're going through. That way you don't feel alone when you go through the ugly. When you cry on the kitchen floor, you're like, All right, well Whitney <laughs> did it, Dora did it, Sheila's been there, Leslie's been I mean, everybody's been there, right? Let's not pretend that it's always unicorns and rainbows. It's not. No, exactly. no matter what Instagram tells you, it's not. Exactly. Exactly. And keep it doesn't need to be either. That's the other beautiful thing. Thank you so much. That was excellent advice. I appreciate it. And I know you're in the She Buys It group. So we've got a huge group on Facebook that's totally free. Anybody can join. There's a link down below. So if anybody needs you, they can reach out through the She Buys It group and say, hey, Delora, I need some help. Delora is also an honorary member of First Still Done Fast. So any FDDFers that need some help, Delora will be there for you too. And she's helped me tremendously over the last three years. I cannot thank you enough. For being there for me and being my sounding board when I needed somebody and I was at my breaking point so thank you so much y'all get somebody that's going to be on your side and going to call you out on your stuff because yes. that's important
1: so important
0: thank you Dolores is there anyone else yeah. anywhere else they can reach out to you if they need mind sex mentoring somebody to talk to anything like that yeah mind sex
1: just google or or hashtag mind
0: sex I'm everywhere and I'll say there's lots of mindset. Yes. Coaches, mentors, gurus, blah, 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 blah. There's only one, Delora. That's right. I'm the only one. Yeah. <laughs> so reach out to her. Thank you so much. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the podcast, the She Buys It podcast. Anywhere you can type in, she buys it. Type it in. Find us and get started. Let's help you get your deals done fast. Bye, y'all. Bye.